Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Egberto Williams. This is the progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we the people. Whether you are liberal, conservative, or otherwise, you get to air your point of view. Remember, you can also send me a tweet to E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S. That is, at Egberto Williams. Let us engage. It is politics done right. One, two, three, four. Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for spending this time with me. We're going to have a great show. We're going to start, of course, you know, with um, the Supreme Court. But before we get there, I want to tell you guys, activism works. Activism works. Have you seen the news today? Have you noticed, number one, the courts are starting to react to the uh, to Donald Trump's executive orders, and what have they? What most of the courts have said is that, for all practical purposes, uh, they think the the people who are going against the 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 um, the order will likely lose. Why? And and because of that, they've given a stay. So whereas uh, the the president's uh, People were obstinate at first. They weren't following the orders or anything of that sort. Today they came out blatantly saying they will follow the orders and all those visas that were revoked. Most, well, I shouldn't say all. The vast majority of visas that were revoked are now back in play and those people can come into the United States again. Now, let me talk to those people who think well, we have the right to deny anybody that's not an American citizen the ability to come to this country, etc. I understand where you're coming from. You're saying, oh, these people are not Americans, so therefore they shouldn't even fall under the law. Wrong. Let me tell you, let me tell you my, my feelings about that. There's only one group of folk on this, uh, on this continent that has the right, in my humble opinion, to tell anybody that they don't have... The, the ability to make an attempt to come to this country. And those are the natives who originally populated this country and who, for all practical purposes, were exterminated by you-know-whom. So therefore, I want to tell all my friends, all my foreign friends, all my friends that are coming over, who many times are meant to feel as if they don't belong or they don't have the right to complain or they don't have the right to protest and all these other issues, Remember, with your head lifted up high, allow no one to tell you you don't belong in the United States of America. The only method that America has to atone for its past deeds is to be a place where everybody has the opportunity to come and strive. That's the only method of atonement that, well, we have other methods that we have to go through as well, but... When it comes to people being here, the only method of atonement is having us be in the country of immigrants that we are, the country that everybody can come and everybody can feel like they belong and everybody does belong, meaning it is their country as much as anybody else's country. Keep that in mind. Heads up high and protesting activism pushback works even it put work even against a bully like we have elected in this country today it works and we must continue with it now um the title of the program is going to be no democrat must support the supreme court nominee uh, am I really ready to get there, or do I want to go ahead and do more ranting? I don't know. Let's see. Uh, we have sufficient uh, protections in place to handle the refugees. The loser president law. The loser president lost this one, and the refugees have won. I tend to agree. I like that as well, Devilin. De- uh, democracy with dignity. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Uh, Happy Bibi. Interesting name. 
crazy world we live in. I am glad these people can come back. A lot of these people uh, needed medical treatment. Very true, very true. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, let's see what else. Okay, let, let's continue with the program. Now, secondly, um, we are here in Texas as a test bed, unless it's Garrick and Merrick Garland. You're absolutely right, Devlin. If it's Merrick Garland, then it is okay. Because, again, remember, this was a Supreme Court uh, seat that was stolen. Now, folks, um, uh, remember, remember this. We, we, I was speaking about activism earlier or last week. We went to downtown Houston to meet Ted Cruz. Uh, of course, uh, his office panicked. We thought we were going to have four or five people. We just put, uh, not myself, but one of the organizers here put out a, 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 a moveon.org uh, petition, not petition, but uh, active activity out. We thought we may have gotten four or five people to show up at Ted Cruz's office. We got 30 plus people to show up. We go up to the office. We open the door. The, the woman comes out. She panics. She sees all of us and said, we can't all come in, even though most had appointments. And then she said, only four of us could come in. Well, myself and three others went in. And, and if you go to the website, you'll also notice that I taped the conversations that we had with the staff where we had people that legitimately explained the different problems they, had, they would have if one, Obamacare is repealed, and two, if Tom Price became the HHS uh, secretary because of his stance on privatization, because of his stance to create this thing that never works known as um, uh, high-risk pools. We spoke about that, and that afternoon, another 100 people showed up. They closed the office. They decided to close the office. They were scared. This is occurring all throughout the country. If it is occurring in Texas, think about that. If it is occurring in Texas, and the Republican senators and Congress people are running, think about it going further. And by the way, folks, we don't only need to do this to, uh, to Republicans. We really need to hit up Democrats to make sure they behave. Because remember, uh, we have corporatist Democrats just like we have corporatist Republicans. And the corporatist is really, what should I call it, the enemy of the middle class. The corporatist is the enemy of the middle class and the, and, the, um, and the poor. Later on, I'm going to talk about something that Bill Maher mentioned about uh, these, these laws that these, uh, that these guys just overturned. In one day, in a few days, as soon as they got there, it helps nobody, but they overturned it because it helps some of their people. But anyhow, let's, let's get started. Today, we're going to talk about the Supreme Court. It's not time to show, or rather, it is now time that Democrats show a spine. I mean, it, it is imperative that Democrats start to show a spine. Um, it is time to say no to everything, not because we want to say no to everything and not because we want gridlock, but because at some point, unless one has pushback, one is always taken advantage of. That goes when you're in school and there's a bully. If you allow the bully to continue doing whatever he does all of the times, he will never or she or he will never stop. At some point, you have to have pushback. We've had eight years, eight years of intransigence. Well, technically speak, and, and, and let, by the way, I, I want to back up a little bit. We've had eight years of intransigence. All of the intransigence not being Republican-based. I want to remind our listeners of something here. Obamacare's failure is not or cannot solely be placed, and we're going to get to the Supreme Court, but I, since this came to my head, I had to bring it out. Obamacare's, the portion of Obamacare's that are failing is not the responsibility solely of Republicans from not voting for it at all. Democrats must share the responsibility. There, there are these items that should have been discussed, public option and drug price manipulations. Both of these things should have been discussed. They were discussed and summarily dismissed by our blue dog Democrats. So when you hear Republicans complain about a lot of, a, a lot of the issues within Obamacare was Democrat-based as well, 
while they're disingenuous, it is actually true. We should have had, if we wanted, a market-based health insurance system. At minimum, we should have had a public option that prevented the market from pilfering the middle class. Again, important. We should have had a public option to keep the pilfering down from the uh, insurance companies. And likewise, if you take a look at the price of drugs and what these guys have been able to do for increasing drugs that the taxpayers themselves have already paid for with the research at universities, there is no reason we should have tolerated not being able to negotiate drug prices with the drug companies. And by the way, I am going to actually have a series, I don't know if I'm going to do it in one, two, or three, that actually explains healthcare in this country, explains why healthcare is going? Why healthcare is nothing more than a profit center? Why it is evil the way that we implement healthcare in this country, and why we must do something about it? How we can do something about it? There's a series that I'm thinking about putting together for that. It depends on how deep I go into it. I may go ahead and make it one a one hour explanation of what goes on, and then have some ancillary uh, series that explains it a bit more as far as how insurance companies really uh, have risk pools and how risk pools are nothing more than a manner to create a profit center or create prop on, on earned profit for corporations. But we'll talk about that another time. Anyhow, I did a video a few days ago and I want to kind of go over some snippets of what was stated there for, because for those who hadn't seen the video on, uh, on why we must say no. So I'm going to, that is going to be the blog of the week. And you know, uh, when I do the blog of the week, that comes with a little bit of what? This sound. This sound. It's time for the weekly blog post. Hi, Janine. Okay. Back to the Democrats must not support the nominee. Democrats support nominee of stolen Supreme Court seat at their political peril. In other words, any Democrat who goes ahead and support, I don't care if you're in a red state, purple state, or any state, you will be primary and indivisible, which we'll talk about later on. Our revolution, which we'll talk about later on. Our eyes are on you all. Anyhow, it goes like this. The media is going goo gaga over Donald Trump's nomination of Neil Gorsuch. That's an interesting name. They have already begun uh, stacking the narrative against Democrats as they make it seem Democrats would be wrong to deny this qualified candidate a voice, a hearing, a vote. Merrick Garland was a qualified centrist candidate. Neil Gorsuch is a right-wing extremist based on his past. I want to digress from my, my, my blog post here. The media, along with uh, a lot of folks on the right, are trying to pass this guy off as being some sort of a just conservative, centrist, right of center. That is not the case. This is a coercion, again, of both the media adopting the talking points of the right as opposed to doing their own independent research that shows this guy is extremely right of Senor Scalia, the guy that he's replacing. It is important that we do that. Anyhow, uh, uh, continue. And, and Devlin, I'm going to that. Let's see. Tea Party Tactics is getting involved via Indivisible. We need insiders working on this as well as I, I agreed. Anyhow, Merrick Garland was a qualified centrist candidate. Neil Gorsuch is a right-wing extremist. Based on his past, most of America did not vote to elect such a candidate. Remember, Donald Trump lost the popular vote by 3 million folks, 3 million votes, and as such has no mandate. The reality alone demands a different type of Supreme Court justice selection. But most importantly, most importantly, most importantly, take care. This Supreme Court justice seat was stolen from the Democrats. We set a precedent by rewarding this despicable act. Here is my take that I'm sure is the sentiment of millions going forward. 
Neil Gorsuch is going to be Supreme Court Justice nominee. We know that. This guy may be very intelligent. This guy may be very well qualified. But it is important to note, we cannot allow him to take his seat because the seat was stolen, as mentioned before. CNN is talking about Democrats will have a very hard time going against this man because he is so credential, because he is good. And then they're concerned as well about the filibuster. Why lose the filibuster on a seat like this, one given that his to replace Scalia, and Scalia is already a conservative. Why not fight the other fight? We don't fight the other fight because no matter whether we fight it now or we fight it then, when the Republicans want to get their Supreme Court justice approved, they will definitely and most definitely bust the filibuster. It doesn't matter if we do it now or then. So therefore, what we must do now is force their hands Do you want to blow the Senate up by blowing the filibuster? Go for it. I don't mind. Well, that is not the point. Progressives must completely fight against any senator, whether they are in red states, blue states, or purple states. It's time. Thank you. Well, that's not the point. Progressives must completely fight against any senator, whether they're in red states, blue states, or purple states. Any senator. Any senator that votes with Gorsuch, that votes to confirm him, we must ensure that he gets primaried or she gets primaried. And the reason why is simple. We've been losing these battles because Americans feel like we are not in the fight for them. We have no spine. We have no backbone. We don't get out there and say, this is the way things are going to be, period. Now, here's the deal. Let's remember This isn't about qualifications at all. This is about process. This is a stolen seat that belongs to to President Obama that Republicans who held the Senate described or decided not to conform or confirm, not even to have a hearing on this person. And as such, it is incumbent upon every Democrat to say no. Let's remember this. I just saw before I came here on air that uh, Mike Pence was at the Federalist uh, Convention or whatever they call that. And you know what Mike Pence said? This guy deserves a hearing. This guy deserves an up or down vote. And it has never been done before that an up or down vote was not given to a Supreme Court nominee. Really, let me tell you, these people, these guys actually think that their own folks are so uninformed that they will believe that in as much as President Obama nominated someone that didn't even get a hearing, their people don't really know that, or maybe they think it's not there. So what are they saying? What are they saying? We're not even going to give this guy a hearing. And now they want that same. Now they want that same, or rather, now they don't want the same, uh, same medicine, maybe. Look, the reality is the same medicine must be given until we break the cycle, until we show that this will not occur, it'll continue to occur over and over again. People say, well, we're going to get gridlock again. Yes, we will get gridlock again. But when did, when did we not have gridlock? What we've had is gridlock were the only things that got passed since 2010, when the Obamacare became, was effectuated, the only thing that got passed were things that Republicans decided it was okay to pass. So gridlock, we've been living through gridlock. We must continue living through gridlock until we break the fever, we break the cycle. Imperative that we do that. Uh, Jeff, I don't understand what you mean by the question mark Reagan. But anyhow, continuing. So let me know exactly what you mean, and then, then I'll address it. But let's go further. Or rather, the seat that was vacated by Antonin Scalia, it must remain open for all four years of the Trump administration if he lasts that long. And the reason why is very specific. They took that seat away. People may say, oh, my God, you mean you're going to run the Supreme Court with, we didn't have as much gridlock. Reagan got a lot of what, Reagan had, sorry for the interruption, Reagan had a Democratic Senate and Democratic 
House for quite some time, and they passed his laws. Reagan was very effective in getting his tax cuts. He was very effective in getting a whole lot of laws passed. And then he was also getting effective, effective in raising taxes when he went too far. But I, I, I'll talk about Reagan a, a, another time because Reagan, I, my book covers Reagan in detail and what he actually did to the economy and the body politic. But anyhow, the seat that was vacated by Antonin Scalia, it must remain open for all four years of the Trump administration. And let me let you guys know, the Supreme Court, when it was started, had only six Supreme Court justices. So it's not like this is going to create some, uh, some crazy thing happening. We have competent people on the Supreme Court. And uh, I am willing to last, if, if Trump lasts eight years, I'm willing to hold that seat for eight, uh, or however many seats for eight years. Because the, 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 once you had a stolen seat, you've set precedence. Anyhow, likewise, Here's an interesting thing. For all these people that are complaining about Supreme Courts, all of them that are, I want to let you know, are, are that the Democrats would be doing something unprecedented if they left this seat on, if they, if they didn't support filling this seat for four years and the Republican decided not to go nuclear. This is what Burr said. But let me go further. Richard Burr said the following. And if Hillary Clinton becomes president, I am going to do everything I can to make sure that four years from now, we've still got an opening on the Supreme Court. That was Republican North Carolina Senator Burr who said that. Senor Cruz, Senator Cruz said the same thing, and the Federalist Society said the same thing. Remember, everybody expected that Hillary Clinton was going to win this election. I thought she would have, even though I wrote several blogs saying, but caveat. Uh, Trump could win, and this is why he could win. And the same reasons that I said this is why he could win, and many others said that, he won, he won the Electoral College on those premises. But anyhow, most people thought Hillary was going to win, and they were already sending out, including McCain. McCain spoke about holding that seat open during the four years of Clinton. Think about that. Therefore, if we want to talk about precedences being set, precedents being set, they said it when they held up uh, Merrick Garland, and they also said it when they said if Hillary became president, they would hold that seat. So anyhow, for all Democrats that are scared that say, well, why waste the filibuster at this? And once they go nuclear, the Senate is exactly the same as the House, which means majority rule, simple. Simple majority rules, I don't care. Let it happen. Let it happen. And let me tell you why. And, and yes, Jeff says it will cripple the nation, lacking an extra. So it won't cripple the nation. What happens is as follows when we have a tie in the Supreme Court. The, what's, what happens is the district court that ruled, and usually the, the, the most important one, the D.C. District Court, they will take precedence thereafter. In other words, if the Supreme Court ends in a tie, whatever the previous court said becomes the law of the land. And we can live with that. I have no problem living with that. But I tell you, we have to break the cycle. We cannot allow terrorists to run our country any longer. And I, I don't use that word terrorist lightly. We constantly sit back and watch guys like Mitch McConnell. And by the way, I'm not talking to about rank-and-file Republicans. You guys are my buddies. I'm not talking about rank-and-file anything. I'm talking about the leadership, the ones ruled by the plutocracy, and many times I'm also talking about the Democratic leadership. So don't think I'm not an equal opportunity offender. Because like I've told many folks, when, as we form our revolution as indivisible moves forward, the same scrutiny that we're going to apply to Republicans will be applied to establishment Democrats as well. Because Democrats many times have not been the friend of middle-class America, of, of working America. So therefore, it is important for us to note that these movements, and in fact, if you look at our revolution, the movement is really, technically speaking, in words, is nonpartisan because for that specific reason we are supporting we are supporting 
people who will be supporting the middle class. Period. Punto final. And just as well, we need to kick some of those Democrats out of office as well, starting from uh, the guy from West Virginia, uh, Munchen or whatever his name is, uh, the senator from, because again, he is trying to play nice after these folks have materially hurt America. Anyhow, let me continue with the blog. The reason I've not read the blog in detail is that a lot of this was covered in a previous video that I did. But anyway, no Democrat is allowed to vote for Neil Gorsuch. None. Folks, please remember, we for once need to get a spine and we for once need to come out fighting and we may lose. We may lose some. It doesn't matter. We may lose. We may even lose another Supreme Court justice. And we may lose the Supreme Court for a decade, but Americans need to start seeing us fight for something. Progressives, we are progressives. The people that, have, that gave women their rights to vote, progressives. The people that passed civil rights, progressives. The people that did all the things that moved this country forward, progressives. Women that are listening to me who are Republican, remember that you would not have been able to vote absent progressives. And by the way, let me just give you a little notice here. Progressives at one time didn't mean solely Democrats. Now it does. Now it does. So therefore, what I'm saying, the only, the only, we, we won't riot, no riots. You're correct about that, Jeff. And, and by the way, I have something to mention to you about that in a little bit. But anyhow, so folks, remember, progressive values. Progressive values is what moves us forward. So it is incumbent upon us to go ahead and make sure that it is early in the process so we can start teeing this up. This is on principle. A Supreme Court justice was stolen from President Obama, and therefore we must hold that position for the next Democrat who, justify, who justifiably should have that position. We have a lot of work to do. We have to make sure that all these guys out there, every single Democrat and Republican, know that anyone who supports the ascendancy of Neil Gorsuch will be primaried. Okay, uh, folks, the telephone number is 646-929-2495. Again, if you want to call in, 646-929-2495. On the issue on uh, no burning, no looting, no riot from Jeff Ackerman, my buddy who's a cop, let me tell you something, uh, Jeff. I participated in several of the protests over the last week. The only protest that had the possibility of any sort of violence was the one at the Bush Intercontinental Airport. And what we had was a plant from the Trump folk. And I, how do I know that? I interviewed the guy. I spoke to the guy. You can also see the interview on my, on my, um, on my uh, blog post. But this was a guy that was very blatantly known to be a Trumpster. And I'm not talking about just a Trump supporter, but somebody instigated to come out there and be a part of what was happening. And what was a good thing about it is enough of us prevented this guy from being able to create a ruckus. There were some people that were willing to engage him physically. And some of us got in between to stop that and made it known that our movement is going to be completely, or it's not going to be, our movement is, because it's not going to, it's already in existence. Our movement to move the country forward is completely peaceful. And not only that, we are going to be dependent on the police officers to be fair in the way we address this uh, going forward. Because it is going to be incumbent, there are going to be a lot of goons coming from uh, Mr. Uh, Bannon, and we cannot allow that to occur. But anyhow, let's go to uh, my good old friend, John. John, come on in, my friend. Good afternoon, Alberto. How are you doing? All right. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. Now, I agree with you on on Gorsuch. I mean, we got to have a complete uh, shutdown uh, from Democrats, and, uh, you know, the, it, it is a stolen pick. Definitely agree with you there. Uh, so, you know, it, I just also want to, you know, hail the, the – the, uh, maybe hail is not the right word, but, uh, you know, basic, uh, say I really agree with the, uh, with the judge in Seattle – and that was a, a great moment for the Constitution and the separation of powers. And I was really scared for about an hour. You know, b- b- would would Trump actually uh, defy this order? And that would that would cre- 
create an immediate constitutional crisis because you know what what happened last week was kind of a, a constitutional crisis which really wasn't covered that well by the press Right. And uh, and uh, I mean, you were at the 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 airport in Houston. I think that most of the the, the people who didn't uh, shut down the CBP uh, operators, there were more more in Washington and in LA, which basically didn't didn't uh, talk. Uh, they, I mean, as as we hear about it more often, what uh, you know, Trump's lawyers were were saying that there were loopholes in some of these uh you know uh, decrees and so yeah. so I'm I'm really glad that the judge in Seattle I, what was his name uh, Robart I believe was his name uh appointed by George W Bush uh you know said you know no this is this is a nationwide ban and I'm glad that that Trump you know finally said yeah I guess I I guess I'll have to agree to this and now mm-hmm. he's created all these people so much chaos because you know he whether it was sixty thousand or a hundred thousand people who didn't have right. their uh, visas, uh, you know I mean what what what's their status now? Nobody still knows. I mean I think that they will be put into effect, but I mean you know uh, what is there, he doing? There's actually, there, there's actually uh, some answers to that. Uh, let me just tell you um, what we have now is that the all those visas that were revoked are no longer revoked except. There's one exception. Those people who went to the airport and physically got their visas revoked because it was placed in the computer, those guys have to reapply again. I understand that that's a very small amount of people, but everybody else that got their visa revoked, most of that 100,000 people, they no longer, they can, that, those visas, they don't even have to go in. They can fly. They can go to the airport. They've been vetted already. They can fly into the country now. Okay, well that's good. I mean, it's good to know. So right. so yeah, I mean, this is this is the way that uh, America is supposed to work. I mean, this is, you know, uh this is the you know, I mean, the framers had a lot of great ideas. I mean, uh you know, there were some things I don't not definitely didn't agree with them on. But I mean, you know, as 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 uh time has gone on, we've we've evolved. Well, I thought we evolved. I mean, when you see people like Bannon and Trump, I mean, I sometimes right. I think, "Ah, we've 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 devolved." But uh Anyway, I I just I want to explain something and not to interrupt, but I need to explain this because I don't what happens is this. Right. Um, Right now, Americans are scared, but I want them to be not scared, but proactive because this as I I was explaining this. I don't where was I when I explained? I don't remember where I was, but I was explaining this to a few people. What's going on here is simple, right? Uh, this is the last straw, and, and, and I, I put it in more dire terms than a lot of folks would, and more in a bit more conspiratorial terms, but I think I'm right here. For a long time, our economy was, uh, the, the capital part of our economy, the people out of the investment class, investor class in our economy were always making more money, or, or not more money, but they were always growing faster than the economy as a whole. So whereas if you take a look at people who invested in stocks, you notice that what occurs is they said, well, stocks on average increase by 7% every year over time, right? But our economy has never, or in the, in the last several decades, have never grown at 7% per year. So what occurred then is the, the, the growth that was coming to our economy, that 7% growth, in, in, in investor value, while the Americans were only growing at 3%, if they're lucky, that delta, that differential meant that the investor class was pilfering everybody else. I mean, that's just basic, basic arithmetic. And I, I know you know this, John, but I'm telling this for the, other, the rest of the audience. That's basic arithmetic. Now, there was a time when... The, the, that delta could be made up by the maltreatment of some people. If you notice from our, in, in, the way we've all, you know, we've had all these lawsuits about minorities making less money than, let's say, the majority population, et cetera. And a, and, and a lot has not been done about that. In, a, in the aggregate, what that means is that allows for a class of people to be, 
pilfered, right? That class of people get pilfered, and that money goes up. So, the, so, uh, so folks, the average white American or whatever sees a great America. They see their, 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 their money is increasing to some extent. They, they're, they're fairly well off, but when you're completely pilfered, and remember, we're not talking individuals here. We're talking in the aggregate. When you're done pilfering the folks, all the folks that can be pilfered, that nobody cares about, that don't have the same kind of rights in the country or representation in the country, you have to go to the other. Who is the other? Well, we can look at Appalachia, right? But Appalachia has been the hidden, what I call Appalachia has been the hidden ghettos for a long time. And folks from Appalachia, please don't think I'm, uh, I'm speaking here in the aggregate, not for individual issues. But those were our group of white people in this country that have always had it hard. They've always known poverty. Nobody goes with cameras around them. They've always lived like the folks in the ghettos or the barrios. So they have never been counted. But they've been pilfered. Black folk, Latinos, Chinese, everybody else has been pilfered. Who is the only group that's left to be pilfered if you want to maintain that structure where the investor class continues to grow faster than the economy at large, the average white person. So the average white person is living what every other group has been living now. And what is it, and and what happens then? What happens then is the only way the plutocracy survives and can continue that is they have to find a boogeyman. They have to tell this group of Americans now, hey, the reasons you are in trouble is not because these guys are pilfering you, but it's because of, you see those black guys? You see those Mexicans coming across the border? You see all those other people? They are taking what is rightfully yours, yours. So elect me because I am going to get rid of those guys and it's going to be all okay for you now. Look, that's a personal plea. If you don't know history, if you don't know the reality, if you don't live in an integrated community, if you're not around other people to know that we are really, all, guess what? We're really all the same. We cry the same. We have the same problems, both in, at home and abroad. If we don't know all these things, then it is easy to make the other the boogeyman. That's why you get 53% of white women voting for a man who said, I will grab your pussy because I am a celebrity, and you still vote for him. A guy that doesn't believe that you are worthy of anything, that you are just a little piece of meat. That's why you vote for him, because it is existential for you. So what if he just touches you up or touches a few women up? It is existential that I survive with the monies that I need, with the values that I need. So I can tolerate having you be a pervert because you are going to make things better for me. That is a psychology that works. It, it, it's a psychological thing that works. And that is why I've moved from saying I'm no longer criticizing my Trump voter or the guy who vote for Trump or anything. I want to be your friend. I want to be your friend. I want to bring you along and say, let's learn this stuff together and let's move forward because he's screwing us all. And if you doubt it, I'm coming back to you in a second, John, but if you doubt that he is screwing us all, Bob, Bill Moore had a great little segment that I just blogged that I loved it because here's what happened. One of the first laws that were, that were repealed in this Congress said the following. Coal companies. Donald Trump said he was going to be king of coal. He was going to help coal. He was going to support clean coal. He was going to support the coal country to bring these guys back. You know what was the first coal vote they made? The first coal vote, coal, carbon vote that they made, was to allow the big companies, the plutocracy-owned companies, to be able to dump the ash from coal into streams. Do you know what type of materials are found in coal? In coal, we're talking about radioactive materials. We're talking about heavy metals, and they're allowing that to be dumped into your streams. Guess what? These streams don't only give water to Democrats. 
They give water to Democrats, Republicans, independents, anarchists, communists, socialists, and everybody else. And when that gets into your stream, guess what happens? Guess what happens when that gets into your streams? It gets into your fish. It gets into your babies' meat. And guess what? Those in the plutocracy, they don't have to worry about eating that fish that you buy in the market. They got their fresh, good fish from the sea bass, from, you know, out there swimming in good waters. But we, the people, we, the American people, are the ones who will pay the price for the pollution. So when they talk about regulations and getting rid of regulations, regulations did not occur in a vacuum. Regulations occurred because at one point, corporations for the benefit of a profit, and I have no problem with corporations making a profit, but for the benefit of making a profit, they try to maximize or minimize their expenses. And some of minimization come from, instead of, taking the coal and burying it in a, or, or, or ash and all these things and burying it in, in closed areas that won't seep into the water supply or your rivers. Oh, it's easier. It's a big, big, big amount of water. Throw it out there, poison you with mercury, poison you with all these other heavy metals because it's cheaper for us because it's cheaper for us. And yet Tom Haynes, we're, I know that gas kill coal, but, but, but what I thought was ironic is the first laws that got passed was to be able to pollute the waters of the people who he claims, who Trump claims he wants to support. In other words, I'll support your coal, but I'll poison you. I'll poison your kid. I'll poison your wife. I'll poison your husband. I'll poison you all. But you know what? It's slow poisoning, so you won't know that this happened for 15, 20 years when you have all kind of growths on you. And this is not hyperbole, folks. This is just how it is. John, come on in. Yeah, no, I agree with you. But, I mean, one one thing that, that people have to realize is that this isn't just Trump. I mean, the Republicans voted exactly. for that. And so, and also, you know, the, these people who call themselves moderates, you know, Susan Collins and the Charlie right. Dents in the House and people like that, they're, they're voting for this too. And so, right. you know, they – so also, you know, Republicans actually in in the House and in the swing states in the Senate, with the, the states that really mattered, because I mean, if, if the Democrats won the Senate, there would have that those those regulations wouldn't have been put in place because they would have blocked them. And so, uh, so so I mean, what we have to remember is that the Republicans themselves, not just Trump. But we have to put put the blame on Republicans as well as Trump, and so uh, you know I, that, that's I just really important right. because they're right because they're enabling him. I mean, you know, one thing that I when I saw uh, they were talking about standing and how uh, the the judge in uh, Seattle that was the first thing that the 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 administration's lawyers were saying is you don't have standing and there's there's a question about the emoluments clause the 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 uh, lawsuit that uh, Richard Painter and Lawrence Tribe and Norm mm-hmm. Eisen have have in effect and a lot of people say that they're not gonna they're not gonna win that case a lot of uh, you know legal experts because right. they don't they don't expect to get standing now here's my my point if if we can't have standing just an average person when I mean it's obvious to me that that uh, what Trump is doing is is an impeachable offense and that he is. Uh, you know, breaking the emoluments clause, which is which basically is saying you cannot have a conflict of interest, and every right. president uh, has has divested their money, and Trump has refused to do that, and he he even lied at his press conference because there have been uh you know Freedom of Information Act saying uh, that saying he hasn't divested anything. He said, oh, I'm going to give my my. Uh, companies to my sons he hasn't even done that and even if he did do that you that's still you can't be doing that i mean you have to you have to turn it over 
to a uh, in a blind trust and not own anything, and he has right. to do that. We don't know where his conflicts of interest. We don't know his taxes. And so what I was thinking was that if a st- if state AGs were to sign on to this emolument clause, maybe they would have a better chance at standing because the, a, a federal judge has already said they have a standing right. as far as this uh, Muslim ban. So I'd, I'd like to see that happen because you know this man is a dangerous man i mean you know when he talks about iran and all you know we have a a proxy war in yemen between uh you know the houthis and the you know the saudis it's essentially between the saudis and the iranians uh, are involved in this proxy war and yes they do have al qaeda people and we do we should be aware of what's going on Right. And you know, and you can you can criticize Obama for his drone policy, and I I have done that. But I mean, at least he had the smarts not to put you know physical people in raids in Yemen, and right. he didn't even go through the process uh, of uh, you know he's there with Bannon and Jared Kushner. He didn't even go through the yeah, process no, of of taking this. The, I get your point. You, we don't look this guy. We don't. We have a joke for presidency right now, and I'm not only talking about uh, Donald Trump. I'm talking for the the whole shebang. And I think the the reason Republicans are staying with him, as you are absolutely correct when you say we need to also put the put the honest on on Republicans, because you are correct that they want him there because he knows very little, so they can get away with quite a bit. I want folks to also read an article. I'm going to blog about this later. Uh, the article was written by. Uh, I think it was uh, Jeff Bolt, uh, Jeff uh, David Fromm, actually. It was how Trump could build an autocracy. It's a very important article that I think everyone should read. And it starts out uh, by making an important point, and this is where we have to engage. Because uh, they, they've said something that I've said a long, uh, several times. I actually believe, uh, whereas a lot of people think, well, Trump is going to be a four-year president and as such he'll you know, maybe just a one or two Supreme Court justices. I actually think there, there is a pathway for Trump to be an eight-year president and for him to uh, evoke a, a kind of destruction in this country that, that, that is worse than what Donald, Ronald Reagan did with um, bringing in supply-side economics. His would be a lot worse than just plain old supply-side economics. But one of the tenets that the article was trying to make is that uh, he's doing similar, something similar to what uh, Ronald Reagan did, which, what I, which is what I call reverse Keynesian economics. And what that means is I'm going to spend a lot of money. In other words, I'm not going to cut your Social Security. I'm not going to cut your Medicare. I'm not going to cut any of that. I'm also going to spend like hell to build up the defense, and I'm going to spend like hell to fix the infrastructure. But the methods that I'm going to use are going to be interesting because I'll fix the infrastructure with privatized monies, which means after the infrastructure is rebuilt with privatized money, we have a new taxing agent. We won't call it taxes, but it will be taxes because there'll be privatized roads, there'll be toll roads, there'll be all these toll, tolls and fees that would be paid for this privatized investment into infrastructure, which is nothing more than a tax because the commons used to take care of that. Our general taxes used to build these roads. Now we have private companies build the roads. You pay to use the road. That's a different, that's a different uh, dynamic. And in that having that different dynamic, it also means that it's a tax. Don't be fooled. It is a tax. If we build private, if we build our infrastructure with private dollars and private dollars are allowed to charge to use these infrastructure rebuilds, it's a tax. It's just a tax that's not going to the federal treasury. It's a tax that is going to the well-being of corporations, which means a profit, which means it's a transfer of the wealth of the masses to the few. It's so important for people to see the flow of money in this country, to see how badly, how badly our laws are written to allow folks to pilfer us from the drug laws to the hospital laws to the insurance laws. I want to say something about insurance since I just brought up insurance for you. For all those people who are scared about single payer or one thing, we can't work up we can't talk about single pair right now. We have to talk about just obstructing the demise of Obamacare. That's where we're at. But later on, we can talk about making fixes. But here's the deal. The reason companies, insurance companies, have this stuff called risks, they manage risks, is because 
they want to only take people that are not sick so that all the premiums that are paid go into somebody else's pocket as opposed to going to medical care. When we talk about single payer or, or universal health care or one of these issues, what we're talking about is all the monies that go into the system is not paid to investors, is not paid to stockholders, it is paid right back out into healthcare with a minute amount going to administer it, you know, the person that are running the computers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You don't have to, in a real healthcare universal, universal healthcare system, you do not have to manage risk. Do not allow the lie to foment. You do not have to manage risk because what is the risk? The American population, one risk. The American population, because if everybody's insured, they're all in the same pool, and we don't have to have people managing risk to figure out who to kick out of the plan, who to put into the plan, or in all of that. We should not have that for healthcare at all. It is, it, it is immoral. It is inhumane. And, until, and it, it, it behooves me, it behooves me that the so-called moral Christians of the right fail to see the immorality that this presents. And here's the kicker. Putting that guy Gorsuch in there, a privatizer, a corporate hound, somebody who believes a, corpor- a, cor- a corporation is a person, has the same rights as a person, it's in what he's written. It just means that even if, when laws are passed, that he will have an input where he feels those laws infringe on that new person, the corporation. So we have to look at how all of this is intertwined. And I know it is difficult at times to follow. I know you want to watch your Super Bowl. I know you want to have games. And you don't, when you come home from work, you're tired and you don't want to be thinking about these things. But folks, the democracy is really at risk. The democracy is really at risk. This is not a joke or this is not something that we can just stand by and say, let it happen or let Trump be Trump or we'll wait out Trump. Trump will materially hurt or stop. Trump is materially hurting the country. He has already destroyed much of the reputation that President Obama garnered back from Bush too internationally. It takes a lot that you destroy your relationship with Australia, where instead you have a senator, somebody not in the executive branch, calling the prime minister of Australia to say, hey, he's a nut. Please, everything is going to be okay. How do you go to Mexico and threaten Mexico with somehow, or, or, or demean Mexico about their folks not being able to take care of their own narco problem and we will send our troops there to if if you don't solve it we'll have to send our troops why don't we solve our own narco problem here to put it bluntly we there's a narco problem at the border because americans love their drugs stop change the source and that dies a lot of people sit back and say oh you know when they when when bush invaded panama they invaded panama noriega for being a capitalist well that was a pretext at least for being a capitalist. America loves drugs. They need a supply. And that is what a lot of these countries are providing, a supply, just like we provide a lot of supplies to other countries for things that hurt them. Guns. You know how many guns we sell to other countries? You know how many people's bloods on our hands because our gun companies are exporting these things that a lot of people, a lot of governments don't want the guns that we export to them, but we do. A lot of the guns that are used against our own people and from Mexico, guess where they were built? Right here in the United States of America. American guns. So, folks, don't buy into the narrative that somehow uh, we are so pure and these other countries are trying to take advantage of us. It is not true. We all take advantage of each other, country after country, and we all try to look out for what's best for us, country after country. And what Donald Trump is trying to do, what Donald Trump is trying to put out, is nothing more than destructive and wrong, completely and entirely wrong. Donald Trump is not good for America. 
And as more Americans find out, rather first, for those of us who are incumbent on or who knows, know the truth, it is incumbent on us to reach through the hearts of people to get them to understand whether they voted for Donald Trump or not, that he is a clear and present danger for America. For all of those folks who like to take vacations overseas, he's a clear and present danger. He could get you killed because now there's a target on you because your name is American. Your name is American who's your president is Donald Trump. He's put in every American's life in danger. And for those who are traveling overseas, for those who like to travel, you are a now you are now a target. And I'm not just saying this out of saying this. I'm just, if you doubt it, go online and figure out how many people now are looking at Americans as targets because of who we elected as president. And because we elected him, we are complicit. We are complicit in who we elect as president. John, give me a closer. All right. I don't agree with that. We're complicit. I mean, people people work as hard as they can to... To, to promote their candidate, and you know, I, I mean, and, and if you lose, you lose. You go back and you fight the next battle. So I, I don't agree with that. But I mean, most of the show <laughs> has been very good, uh, and I, I enjoy what you're doing. <laughs> and uh, you know, so so I just uh, you know keep keep up all the the, the insights that you're doing as far as uh, you know going to these. Um, going to all these protests and, and going to the airports and, and just promoting the resistance and uh, understanding that it's not just Trump, it's Republicans. And uh, in 2018, we'll have a chance to, to voice our opinions. And I'm looking to a repeat of 2006 and 2008. Uh, I'll repeat what I said before on your KF, uh, KPFT show. Uh, 40% of the people in the PPP poll said that that uh, they want Trump impeached right now, which is uh, it took Nixon 16 months after the Watergate uh, uh, came out first. It was in late October uh, when the Saturday Night Massacre to hit that number, and so now right. we're 15 days into his presidency. 40 percent. Uh, want him impeached, and not not just to say his impe- impeached just for no reason. He has an impeachable offense through the emoluments clause. He has not divested his money. We don't know who he owns money to, and we need to know that, and he needs to divest his money, and it's already been 15 days, and we need to put serious pressure on him because he needs to do that. Thank you very much, John. As usual, thank you for showing up, and thank you for being a part of the conversation. We A very important part of the conversation. Folks, we're coming to the end of the program, and I want to tell you, first of all, thank you so kindly for listening. Please do remember to share these videos, and not only share these videos, but please also remember to go ahead and like Politics Done Right with Egberto Willis on Facebook. It is very important that we that we promote uh, these these these. Uh, these truities, if you will, because uh, mainstream media is not doing a whole lot of the work. You're getting a whole lot of cookie cutter sort of a thing. Now, um, I want to also remind you that we are in the formative stages of our revolution, which is a sort of a, I don't want to call it the, uh, the Bernie spinoff because we want everybody around. Thank you very much for being around, uh, Lisa. Thank you for listening and coming. So we are, we are going to be working with, um, and thank you, Linda Ross, for being here, Lisa Pinot, uh, and also Don Hannerty, Jeff Ackerman, thank you for being here, Kevin Higgins, thank you for being here, Jean, Janine, uh, Debbie Lynn, and everybody else that I probably missed through the scroll. But let's remember, our revolution is now uh, becoming active. And we had our conveners meeting, and next week, Saturday, we were having our big meeting where we want all of you guys to come. We're expecting hundreds of people to show up, and we are going to be doing, getting marching orders as far as how we turn this thing around. Likewise, all of you should go to IndivisibleGuide.org and download the IndivisibleGuide.org and learn how you can be a part of the solution. There are a lot of Indivisible organizations growing up. Right now, I've become a part of the Indivisible Houston uh, version, but there are several throughout Houston, throughout the state, throughout the country. Be a part of it. We have to be consistent. 
in our protest. We have to keep going every single day, and that's why we need everybody because everybody cannot keep that that uh, that path up. We have to alternate. We must alternate so that we can keep the resistance up going. This is Resistance Radio. This is Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. Remember to go to Cape and go to uh, on Thursdays at 3 p.m. where we have KP politics and right on KPFT. Have a wonderful day. Bye bye. <laughs>